0: Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Block Talk Radio, the soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Man of Purpose himself and your host for the evening Mr. J R Diggle yeah. <laughs>
1: Welcome and welcome and welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. Right here every Monday night is where you'll find us. We're on at a little special time tonight due to just some delayed programming. But we're here with you on this great network, and so glad that you've joined us because there are so many things that we have in mind for tonight's show and hope that you'll get a chance to be a part of it tonight. Yes, Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness is a show that is designed with you in mind, a show that continues to deal with the issues of abuse, abandonment, rejection, grief, and whatever it is that have brought you to a place of wholeness, and need a place of wholeness, I should say. We are so excited to be with you tonight, as always, because we believe that there is something to be said, and we believe that there's someone to be uh, someone who will say it, and we believe that in this day and time that we have an opportunity to make some real uh, impact in the lives of so many. So call a friend, call a neighbor, tell them, listen, join us tonight on Hope and Healing: the Journey to Holiness. We're right here. You can find us every Monday night. You can go right there to your particular. Um, uh, go right there to your particular. Uh, Phone number, area 323-784-9638. That's Mary code 323-784-9638. That's how you can listen in to us, and you can also be your guest. I simply hit number one on you once you're in. Also, I want to invite you in tonight to be a part of what we're doing and part of what we're saying. If you like to log in at www.soulofamericaradio.com, uh, you can get in and go right there to the Hope and Healing tab and be a part of what we're doing tonight dine with you in mind. It is a great show, and we invite you to be a, a part of that fabric tonight, to be a part of that, and we will be so glad to have you. As a matter of fact, this show each and every week is out to those impacted by the issues of domestic violence and then some other social ills that may be related to it tonight. So wherever you are tonight, I hope that you are in touch with us tonight because there's a lot that we want to discover and a lot that we want to discuss, and we'd like for you to be a part of it. So once again, tell a friend, tell a neighbor to join us on tonight with Hope of Healing, a journey to wholeness, and we will be so glad to enter into our discussion. So please, wherever you may be, all over the globe tonight, this is your opportunity to be a part of something that is great, something that can make a difference in the lives of so many. So I ask that you join us, and join us even now, because the hour the hour will be a great hour. The night will be a night at which we will discuss some things that I think that you'll find very touching, very uh, um, uh, very beneficial to you on every level. I want to tell you about some events that are also coming up mm-hmm. journey to Listen, tune in. Don't go anywhere. Once again, call a friend, call a neighbor. Let them know that we're on the airway tonight, and we'd love to have you to be a part of what we're doing tonight. From coast to coast, you can find us, and there are so many people that are tuned in, so many people that are part of this. There are so many people that I believe lives are being made better because of the fact that we refuse to be silent, and as you know, that we often uh, we often have a mantra that there is um, no excuse for abuse, but we also say that our silence perpetuates the violence, and so, we're trying to move beyond the issues of being silent. We're trying to move beyond just uh existing. We want to be in a place where we can impact the lives of so very many with the subject matter that's so important so I want to say that it's it's excruci it is very important um it's very important that we continue to do those things that are necessary in this hour to make a difference so hope and healing a journey to wholeness. It's brought to you each and every Monday night right here by the Soul of America Radio Network. And we have the opportunity to join in with uh, so many of you that also carry this mantra and carry this burden for those that are impacted by domestic violence in every sort and every way. There are so many things that are happening, and I cannot begin to say how how important it is that we all speak up and speak out, because this is a matter that affects every walk of life. No one is exempted from this, and uh, we just need to be very careful about you know, being uh, bystanders, we want to be upstanders and not bystanders. We want to be people that are making a difference. We want to be people that are actually, uh, you know, uh, sounding the alarm. And I said to you a few weeks ago, you know, it's always the an analogy I use when I think about the fact that, you know, sometimes people find it hard to speak up and speak out. But you've got to make your presence known. You don't want to just be existing. As a matter of fact, you have to speak out. so that people will understand exactly what's going on and people understand how sincere it is and how um, important it is for you and I to be a part of this process. So um, that's what I want to call your attention to tonight, um, and I want you to be a part of this uh, tonight. And so one 323 no one three two three seven eight four nine six three eight is how you can reach us. That is how you can reach us tonight. Uh, so I'm asking you to call in as you as you normally do and be a part of this tonight. And I'm going to have some things coming up here in just a few minutes, and uh, I want you to be a part of it. So, uh, you know, uh, once again, you can reach us at www.soloamerica.radio.com or once again, at Erica 323 is how you can reach us on tonight. We'll be so glad to get you on the airway on tonight. There are just so many things that we want to be able to touch, so many things that we want to be able to say to you, so many things I think is going to be pertinent to you and I in this hour and in this time. I believe that there are things that, that uh, must be said. I believe there are things that should be said, and I definitely believe there are things that people need to know that will make a difference in their lives so never underestimate uh, never underestimate the difference that your voice can make and never underestimate the difference that can be made when you and I refuse to remain silent so uh, um I'm just going to say to you tonight that this is an opportunity to um to grow from this um So, uh, once again, as you do so, we're going to begin to get into this. Now, listen, as we're getting on tonight, like I said, I'm looking forward to others to join us, and they are joining us even as we're here. And so we want to make sure that they get an opportunity uh, to speak up and to speak out at this time. And I'm looking forward to not only being a part of this tonight, but I'm looking forward to... uh, Uh, some very special guests that will join us here in just a little bit. I believe that there are those that will join us because of the fact they not only play a very important part, but because of the fact they recognize the fact that uh, their silence would perpetuate the violence, but we continue to speak out and we speak up because it's necessary at this time. So what we're going to do right now is that we're going to go right to this commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to open up, and we're going to be taking your calls. you are listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland. I'm so very glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio Network. I'll be right back after this commercial break.
0: Via internet you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for like-minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies
1: As we collectively
0: operate as thermostats, changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook. Through a search, you can find us.
2: If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323 784 9638. And press one to be connected to the host. This is the soul of America Radio. I am Indy Harlem Two, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio.
1: Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to SOAR.
0: And now back to Hope and Healing A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin.
1: Welcome back to Open Healing, a journey to hold us. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. And I'm so very glad you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. From coast to coast, you're listening to us each and every Monday night. Like I said, tonight we end up being a very special time at nine thirty, but normal time is nine o'clock. But we have your attention and we're glad that you're here. I want to do something tonight because there's a few things I want to do I want to talk about and I want to make sure that I get your attention inside of it. I want to talk about some things tonight that won't talk about the problem as much as I want us to talk about the solution. You know, oftentimes when we hear the issue of domestic violence, we all envision, you know, physical violence. We envision someone with a black guy, we envision someone with a broken leg or some type of physical injury. And though those things happen, we cannot discount or minimize that. I want to also talk about the things that are not always so visibly seen. And that's the broken spirit and the broken will of an individual who may be enduring domestic violence. Oftentimes, the broken spirit and the broken will of that individual is oftentimes covered up with other things. It's covered up by oftentimes the fake smile, uh, 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 trying to put the best foot forward and the best face on. But it's covered up oftentimes by shame. It's covered by the fact of not wanting it to be revealed. And then we consider the fact the things that have been told to us for so very long. We've been told things like sticks and stones may break my bones, but names and words will never hurt me. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you that that might have been one of the most uh, wrongfully perpetuated lessons of our time. Because the fact of the matter is that words and names does hurt. The fact that when those words and name calling starts coming from people that matter and people that you care about, then it becomes a real issue. And what do I mean a real issue? When it happens from those individuals, it has a way of impacting the way one sees themselves, the way one looks at the world, and the way one functions within the world. And so this is a real issue. Oftentimes, there are many people that have suffered from being exposed to verbal and mental abuse. Children, more so that anyone is being exposed to verbal and mental abuse. As a matter of fact, when we consider, the fact, 12 million kids at least a year are witnessing uh, domestic violence being exposed to it one way or another, then we must understand some of the other problems that we see that comes from uh, being exposed to it. We see it happening in a classroom. We see it played out in our school system. We see it played out and, and perpetuated through bullying, because bullying is no more than an extension of the behaviors that are often learned inside of domestic violence. So when they see that name-calling, bullying, exerting uh, pressure and uh, beginning to go after people's weaknesses, when they begin to see that this has worked and this is working, it tends to cause many to continue to practice those type things. That is why we see it as small as young kids on the playground even kindergartens and even uh, elementary age kids we begin to see even signs early on of them being bullied and bullying so you have to understand we understand that domestic violence is a learned behavior so we have to understand that if it's learned it can also be unlearned and then we must do everything we can to make sure that it's unlearned and we continue to see it played out in our society and so when we start talking about what what constitutes domestic violence? There are many things that constitute domestic violence. It is not just the physical abuse. It's also the sexual abuse. Those are things that we often don't have a conversation about. It, But when we talk about un- unwanted touch and unwanted sexual uh, activity, when that is being forced upon someone, it is sexual assault. It is sexual abuse, and it does happen way too often in our society. Too often a shameful subject, and the shameful part of this is the thing that's overlooked the most. But we have a responsibility for one another. Because I'm telling you, many people have been traumatized for years, and it has affected relationships that have come later on. It has caused them to see themselves in place that it's not a healthy place. And so when I begin to talk about this today, I want to encourage you today to understand the fact that we all have a responsibility, if I can get you to understand that, a responsibility to make a difference. We owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our children, we owe it to one another, and we owe it to our society as a whole. You often have heard me say that the ruin of a nation, uh, the ruin of a nation actually, people, you got to keep in mind, begins in the homes of its people. And so when we look at this situation, we must, to understand how is it that we can begin to do things. Tonight I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear where you're coming from tonight. Inside of what is it that we can do as individuals as well as a society in addressing this issue? Understand the Impact of domestic violence goes far and wide, that it digs very deep down, and that it's impacting things from from every walk of life. When we consider the fact that what we're seeing take place in today's society is, uh, is absolutely uh, uh, egregious because of the fact of the impact that it has on everyone from every walk of life. And so I want to begin dealing with that because I think it is necessary, and that, that's right, it is necessary that we look at it, because that's a long-term effect. That's a long-term effect that goes beyond the things that we often see on the playground, the things that we often see in the news headlines. There's a long-term effect, and that long-term effect is impacting people from every walk of life. Every walk of life, there's no one that's exempt from it, and because no one is exempt from it, we must keep in mind that because no one is exempt from it, that means that everybody is affected by it. Every one is affected by this. So it's important that we begin to speak up and speak out. It's important that we look at the things that are, uh, that is there. It's important that we uh, recognize and call out those behaviors that continuously perpetuate this type of violence. It's important. Because when we start talking about how prevailing domestic violence is, when we start talking about how it impacts us in every walk of life, see, there's no walk, there's no particular walk that is going to cause you not to be uh, impacted by domestic violence. You've got to understand that it comes and it it comes in many ways and many forms. So I want you tonight. I invite your um, opinion. Invite your uh, your input tonight. Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you reach us. If you like to have a question and a comment, uh, please just hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to come on the air and we want to get you on the air tonight in our time together. That's right. One Erico. Erico code three two three seven eight four nine six three That is how you can reach us tonight, Hope and healing a journey to wholeness. Now, I want to say this to you because of the fact many people suffer on both ends because domestic violence just doesn't go away. Many people suffer on both ends. they suffer on the end oftentimes the aftermath once the abuse have stopped doesn't mean that the abuse have ended. I'm going to say that again. Once the abuse have stopped, doesn't mean that the abuse have ended. The impact of the abuse, oftentimes, is felt for years to come. Many people are dealing with the aftermath of it. Children are dealing with the fact they're trying to understand their own behavior. Many times, that pushes uh... abnormal behavior has become very normal to individuals that are inside of this and so we talk about how this affects the family it affects the family It affects the outlook of society as a whole so when we begin to look at it then we must understand the fact that domestic violence does reach far and it does reach wide and we have to take those things in continuation i mean into consideration because of the fact It all begins with so many things. The way we define ourselves, the way we uh, look at ourselves, how do we define what is masculinity? As a man, when I'm talking to a son or a, a, a young male, how do I define masculinity to him? Can we define masculinity without uh, being bullied? Can we find, define masculinity without being thuggish? Can we define masculinity without having to exert power and control over someone, and especially over women? See, masculinity is one of the issues when we have been told that to be masculine, uh, to be masculine is the fact that either we are going to have to be one that sleeps with everyone, or we're going to be the ones that are. Costly or try to exert power over someone—that is the wrong definition of masculinity. And yet, it's still, this is the message that so many young males are being uh, given, whether or not they're seeing it in the homes or they're being uh, uh, overexposed to it inside of everyday society. These are things that we have to look at. How do we redefine it? How do we define the way that we see one another? These are the things that we must begin to look at. So we have to look at the fact that in every aspect of life, we have to look through the lenses that most affect us. Those lenses that continue to embrace old stereotypes, those lenses continue to embrace the type of behavior that has done nothing but cause trauma to those that have been involved. We know that one out of four women in their lifetime will will suffer, and unfortunately, some type of physical abuse, some type of abuse sexually uh, will be uh, battered by a partner. One out of four in their lifetime. But what we also know is one out of seven men also will suffer that same fate. And so we have to start having a conversation, what is informing the way these young men um, find themselves in these type of relationship? Could it be the fact that many of them have grown up in those same abusive homes, being exposed to these type of situations? We have a responsibility, each and every one. What is it that we're going to teach about what does a healthy relationship look like? Does it look like one that is about control? Does it look like one that is threatening? Does it look like one that is always uh, threatening to hurt, harm? Does it look like one that is always tearing down the other one verbally? These are things that we must really take a real solid look at because if we do not, then we will find ourselves oftentimes in a position of perpetuating the stereotypes that have led to so many of these things that we find ourselves dealing with. So domestic violence is our business you listen to hope and healing the journey to hold us this is your host J.R. Thicklin and I'm so glad you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America radio network you can reach us here if you have a question and a comment at Erico 323-784-9638 that's Code 323-784-9638 that is how you reach us on tonight now I want to say this to you and many of you have seen this happening over and over again we find so many cases where we find individuals who who have um, threatened the victim on a number of Occasions and threaten them and threaten them and threaten them, and they end up actually acting out on that threat. One of the things that we say is this is that it's important it's important to document these things when you have had these situations to happen. It's important to document them because of the fact the individual will not stop they will continue to do the things that they say that they will do. So we cannot take it uh, as if it's something that will not happen. We have to understand that people's lives are affected by this. So uh, I shared with you a few weeks ago about a case that happened there in Houston where the young lady there who had received uh, numerous calls, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 uh, calls and texts from her estranged lover, only for that individual, to then come to her place of employment. She worked in a uh, housing uh, development there, and he came there and he killed her right there in the housing complex. These things are very serious. It is not something that we can take lightly because the fact it does impact us from every walk of life. And when this happens, we must understand that there are oftentimes children that are left behind. There are families that are left exposed and very vulnerable to this. And so our support to these individuals is paramount. It must happen, and they need it to happen. And I'd like to invite your comments on that tonight about the things that we can do in order to make this different zero code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight that is how you can reach us tonight if you already called in simply hit the number one on your keypad and that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air you don't have to give your name we'll bring you on the air tonight and you can ask your question or make your comment it is necessary and it's necessary like never before because of the fact these type of injuries here are the ones that do not go away easily that means that the journey to wholeness, is, it begins with so much. It begins with that fact of being able to find oneself. It begins with that fact of being able to take time to, get, to regather yourself. It begins with understanding that you're not the reason why the abuse have occurred to you. You did not invoke it. You did not cause it. And you must understand that. Second of all, you must begin to work toward regaining your sense of purpose and your sense of self oftentimes that is eroded inside of the, the negative behavior that have come towards you. And thirdly, you have to understand this. Because you're a victim of domestic violence it doesn't put you in any particular type of class. People often look at people that are victimized as if they are some type of class, as if somehow or another they are not as intelligent or somehow or another uh they were not as informed. And that is um there there's nothing further from the truth. The reality is that domestic violence is an equal opportunity to store. It doesn't matter uh, where you come from, from every walk of life. We see it happening. People from every walk of life experience domestic violence in uh, numerous ways. And um, no one is exempt. You're not exempt because of your class or your status. You're not exempt because of uh, your pedigree. You're not exempt because of what side of tracks that you live on. The reality is that domestic violence is an equal opportunity destroyer, and it does and when we are impacted by domestic violence it impacts everything that we do and everything that we're part of so i want to make sure that you and i understand just how important this is if we're going to be people that begin to find ourselves in a position of healing and a position of wholeness we have to begin to look at this as a very serious matter i want to say that again It is a serious matter. Last week we had two very, uh, very, very great and special guests that was with us last week, both Ms. Sheila Bryan as well as Ms. Sabrina Harris. You heard their stories about what they went through. You heard the fact of uh, uh, of literally the the bondage that they found themselves in. The bondage that they found themselves in inside of their abusive relationship that started off when they were very, very young. There are people who learn to function inside of their abuse for many different reasons, yes abuse being abused can abuse can be very embarrassing. Being abused can take a lot away from an individual. Being abused definitely can cause an individual to feel as if uh, they're by themselves. But I want you to know that there is help out of abuse. Um, uh, Commercials, oftentimes, you hear us giving the hotline number to 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. And that's important because of the fact there is no excuse for abuse. There is no excuse for it. And when we look at this, we have to consider this fact here, is that abuse abuse that happens to an individual, oftentimes they are blamed for the abuse by the perpetrator, and you don't have to remain there. Or immediately after, break here. We're going to come back and we're going to get into some of these signs and we're going to get into some things here that I think that you're going to find very informative and I want to take the time to invite you out, those of you that may be in the South Florida area and those of you that don't mind taking a trip down here to beautiful, sunny South Florida. On this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., you have an opportunity to be a part of a very special event that's going on here in the greater Palm Beach area. And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it because of the fact this particular event here deals with the very core of the issue of domestic violence. What do you mean? It deals with the very core of it, and the very core of it is very simple. When we begin to look at um, what happens so m- many times, that people do get stuck. They get stuck, and um, they, they get stuck in what they are. They're those that have that have been injured. They get stuck There are those that are doing the injury And they get stuck And they're stuck where they are And many people are stuck where they are And they find themselves inside Of a very deep hole And that deep hole often happens As a result of people being stuck Stuck in unforgiveness Stuck in the area of thinking That they can never recover from it But I want you to know tonight And I want you to keep this in mind that, That you can get out But most of all, even when you get out The next step is that there needs to be healing. There's got to be healing because if we don't go from where we are, you know, from the offense to being healed, then what will happen is this, is that our lives will be consumed by things that control us rather than us being the one who can control the things that are around us. So I want to make sure that you understand that today because this is paramount. So I want to make sure that on this, on this coming Saturday, I want you to keep this in mind, this coming Saturday here in the greater Palm Beach area right here, I want to make sure that you find yourself here in this great city for this this particular evening of elegance and yet it's still this uh, evening of uh, healing, this uh, evening of greatness, and you're going to be a part of the uh, Style and Distinction and Amazing Grace Empowerment Launch. It's going to take place right here in Greater Palm Beach on Saturday, April 18th, uh, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to take place at the Hilton Hotel. That is in uh, Palm Beach Garden. That's 4431 PGA Boulevard in Palm Beach Garden, Florida. It's going to be in the main ballroom. And listen, the ticket's only $20 in advance. You can always see me about a ticket or $25 at the door. There's going to be a delicious brunch. There's going to be a delicious brunch that will be served. But people, I'm telling you, the lineup is amazing. You're going to have some tremendous motivational speakers. I will be one amongst that, along with the Reverend Lee Sapp, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Renee Pender, as well Dr. Uh, Jamie and Love will be there. You're going to have other national uh, spoken uh, word artists. You're going to have the Ministry of Dance and Liturgical Dance and MIME. You're going to have, uh, you're going to have a real all-star type of an event. But it's going to be geared toward healing. It's going to be geared toward healing. It's going to be geared toward people being able to let go of that which have held them for so long. So when we talk about the art of letting go, how do I get from being unstuck? How do I get from being uh, being buried in what I have always been a part of? How do I get from under that last hurt and that last offense? How do I move beyond the, the last uh, abandonment and rejection that I've had? How do I move beyond from being held captive to the things that happened to me? How do I not allow the failures of my past, to cripple my future. And that's going to be very important inside of all the things that we do. So I want to say this to you and I uh, and those of you that are listening today. You don't want to miss this style and grace uh, empowerment brunch because it will be the difference maker. It will be the difference maker for so many. So I encourage you to come out, be a part of it. That's right. This is this coming Saturday, April 18th, um, right at the PGA Marriott, uh, the excuse me, the the Doubletree <laughs> Hilton uh, there at um, uh, PGA 4431, PGA Boulevard. And I look forward to seeing you there. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, reach me out the airway so that you can be a part of that. You'll listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'll be right back after this break to take your calls.
2: to the Soul of America Radio
0: You're listening to Hope and Healing A Journey to Wholeness with your host J.R. Thicklin and remember you can catch this show every Monday night 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central and give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638 323 323- Seven eight four nine six three eight. eight four nine six three eight. You give Jay a call right now. And now back to the show.
1: healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so very glad you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network, and we have been talking about the fact of not only some of the signs, but how it's so important that we get out of this and, and the things that are uh, so impactful to every walk of life. Let me say something to you. The danger oftentimes of domestic violence and how it impacts people's lives is the fact that they never feel safe. It's a sense of not feeling safe, feeling like your space is invaded and feeling like uh, you've been left out to dry and feeling like no one cares, and and that is uh, very scary. Many times if you have dealt with people who've had to re- relocate due to domestic violence, it does create a sense of distrust because you, you it creates a sense of distrust. Who cannot trust? And yet it's still you need to trust someone as you're making that transition. And so tonight as we talk about that journey to wholeness, we talk about the fact of how important support is. Support is critical. And maybe for many of you that are listening tonight, perhaps you're out there and perhaps you've dealt with people that have uh, – Dealt with domestic abuse and how it has impacted them both psychologically as well as otherwise. I love to hear from you tonight because um, when we start talking about getting out of an abusive relationship, it's more than it's more than uh, just the physically getting out of it. Because though you're out of it, you're also still dealing with what you're dealing with the internal part. You're dealing with that part of the relationship that just uh, just physically getting out of it, You emotionally getting out of it. You're dealing with the part of, uh, um, you know, how do I reconcile the fact of what I've, what I've been in, how much time I've invested in this, and, uh, you know, will it work again? You try to hold on to things that once were, and so it makes it very difficult. So there is no easy way out. There is no simple way out. It always requires more than just being in it. It requires a very big, big step in getting out of this type of situation. So I want to go to our phone call. We do have a caller that's on the line, and I'm going to get him in right now because of the fact he always has something to lend to this conversation. A Good evening, and welcome to Hope and Healing. You're on the line. Thank you for joining us tonight. Okay. You're on the line. end up with another commercial. Let me make sure we're not there. Okay. Here I have the caller on the line. We have a special plan underneath, and everything. get him on the
2: line in one second. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio.
0: You're listening to Hope and Healing. A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. 1849638. 849638 you give Jay a call right now. And now, back to the show.
2: With the free-
1: Welcome back to Hope and Healing, a journey of holding us. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and we're so very glad you've joined us. And I want to bring on the air right now uh, right now, none other than the CEO and president of the Soul of America Radio Network. Good evening, and welcome to the show tonight. Talk to us. Hey, Jay, thank you. You know, sometimes I don't know if
0: any, if anybody's watched The Wizard of Oz. Uh, sometimes I think there's a little man behind the curtain in our studio <laughs> <laughs> with these with these <laughs> controls, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I I, I, I'm, it was, I made a joke, but I called in about something serious here in Birmingham, and here in the Birmingham area, and I don't know if you've mentioned it already. If you did, I, I'll i still probably just bring it up. In Jemison, Alabama, did you bring that up? No, I haven't, but please bring that up. Okay. Today in Jemison, something tragic happened, tragic. Um, and I, I'm going to be reading it and discussing it at the same time. And a husband has been charged with murder after shooting his wife, and the facts of the case are bizarre, and it's it, it's strange. And then it's a wake-up call for all of us, and it's very sad. Uh, today what happened was a uh, a 25-year-old man shot and killed his 24-year-old wife as she ran into a doctor's office screaming for help. In jemison, Alabama, which is about thirty miles outside of uh, Birmingham going Birmingham. toward montgomery absolutely and um this was Monday morning this morning, and uh police identified the victim as uh Lee Jarvis Price and her husband as eric price and it's in the it's in the news the couple lived directly behind this doctor's office dr patel and um and uh, uh they said that what happened was. Uh, as they were in there, they put the schools on lockdown because they had this happen. But as they were in there, it was a domestic violence situation that started at home. And the young lady ran out of the house, and a couple of blocks down, two blocks down, they said, she ran into a doctor's office. And um, it's also, oddly enough, their home is about two blocks toward the other side from the police station, which is odd. Wow. Uh, so, um, she said that the first thing she said when she walked in the door was, call the police. And um, so, uh, her husband followed her to this doctor's office, and he busted in the door. There are patients there. You know, there's a waiting room. Right. He shot her with a small handgun, turned around, and ran back to the home and barricaded himself inside and um i believe last i talked uh, i'm not sure they said they heard a shot uh let me see Uh, i'm not sure there must there might be some more to it Uh, my my my, um someone else was telling me that he may have turned the gun on himself that's not confirmed um but i know he did injure himself in some sort of way um and so uh what what got to me was, and this is the 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 hard-joking the part: the couple has a six-year-old child that was located at the school down the street where they had to lock down because they had heard that there was somebody with a with, with a uh, with a gun. So they did deploy gas into the house, and they said that he was taken in custody without incident in the front yard. So he is in custody. Uh, it said that he suffered non-threat- non-threatening injuries to his head. He tried to kill himself, but uh, he, he was unsuccessful. This six-year-old child, and this is the this is the tough part of domestic violence. It, it's not the sexy part. It's not. It's, it's never a sexy part. But this is not the pretty part. This six-year-old child, Jay, went to school mm-hmm. like every other normal six-year-old child that day. And today, when he got ready to get off his father is in jail arrested, and his mother is dead. That's the that's the raw footage of domestic violence. So this child left out and had no idea that when he got out of school that day, his mother would be dead and his yeah, father absolutely. would be arrested. And think about the lives. Now, we, we talk about domestic violence. Think about the 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 lives that were affected today the the um the people within the uh the doctor's office the the the, the staff the doctor um the patients uh, there was waiting the, the the patients right um the the children there at the school that know the family cuz it's a small community it it tore through Jemison today it made the news these two people had a domestic argument in their house and and it went, went out for help it went outside and it it entered into the community and and I don't know that it would have gotten as much attention but this thing like you said it is very important it is it is very tragic it is a cancer it is a killer it can be devastating to the lives of children now this innocent child 6 years old is sitting at sitting somewhere tonight He can't be at home because his mom is dead and his father is in jail. This six-year-old child is sitting somewhere, and some family member, I pray, is taking care of him. They have the job of sitting down explaining to them what happened. And I didn't know if you had talked about it, but that is just, it just rips through my heart
1: hearing what domestic violence can do, Jay. You know, and the interesting thing, Tony, because it hadn't came, I hadn't gotten it across um, uh, my uh, desk yet. And the fact that when you brought it up, and of course, that's personal because we're talking about back home, you know, and uh, interesting, when mm-hmm. I was in Birmingham last month, you know, on my way driving to Selma, I had to go through Jemison. And I remember Jemison mm-hmm. growing up. But but think about this here. Imagine this while this situation was happening and the, and the school was on lockdown, elementary school being on lockdown. Now, only mm-hmm. thing the school knows that there had been an incident that happened, and generally they report there's a gunman, there's someone, you know, shooting, there's a gunman. Here is that kid, and amongst all the other kids in that school, was on lockdown in that school. Oftentimes they have them that line up against the wall or just lockers or whatever. They have the books, you know, they're locked in like that. But imagine, here's this kid being like every other kid there, taking that precaution that the school orders, not knowing that the reason for that was actually his father mm. having murdered his mother. And wow. not only does that impact that situation, this will replay through his mind a thousand times. As you said, being a small community, that means people know each other. And then beyond yes. that, the questions that the other children will be asking after today you know, what happened? Why did yes. his mother? Why did his dad kill his mother? There will be a number of questions asked, and just like we see it happen in that community, unfortunately, we see it happening too much across our country, and we, we and the impact on these children is so severe. And that's the part I'm talking about. That part that we have to go beyond just the safety, because this kid is going to need much love, much counseling, much guidance. Mm. And not only that, the other kids in that school. Imagine they're in the doctor's office. Imagine yeah. now, I can only imagine the doctor's office probably thinking about what precautions can we take. But think about it. here was right. a person who was running for her own life. Mm. Why she didn't run toward the police station, I don't know. But mm. she ran toward the place of a doctor's office, and there were other people inside. And could you imagine mm-hmm. in this case here just for for the husband to come in literally take out a gun and begin to shoot her in front of people.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and mhm. Can you sometimes we think and, and, and it's true but then again it's it's something to think about. We think sometimes there's safety. You know, when you when women go walking in a strange areas they say there's safety in numbers. And that's true. But sometimes mm-hmm. with domestic violence, people don't think the same way. Uh, a robber, uh, or somebody that wants to rob somebody might say, well, there's too many of them, I'm not going to do it. But a domestic a person that's that's been on doing some type of harmful domestic violence does not care about who's around you. They will, I mean, uh, 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 this guy might have run into the police station. I, I don't know. But the thing about it is, is the mindset of the attacker is a bit different, and you would think that running into a crowded place, she would be safe. That's the very place he killed her at. Isn't that isn't that something? The way the the mindset of the attacker hunts down this woman, and they said that when she ran in uh, and said called the police, he came right behind her and shot her, shot her, and she died on the scene. That's something. that that That's amazing that, that you can be, like you said, all those people can be sitting there. No one had a chance to do nothing.
1: Absolutely. Nothing. Because in that case there, and here's something very important. You know, we talk about mm-hmm. the fact of different type of abusers. Uh, I've been reading a book uh, uh, that's called Men Who Kill, and it deals with a, a research that did uh, on a lot of guys who was incarcerated for domestic violence. And uh, they did a very in-depth study. A lot of these guys that was there, they, they did studies on those that were there for domestic violence, and they did a profile, psychological, on those that killed their victims versus those that did not. And the question was mm-hmm. asked, why? Why? What is it that caused them to kill? And one of the things that talked about and one of the problems we have in our country is the accessibility to guns, the accessibility right. to it. For many people... Many people are not mentally prepared or not even mentally fit to have a gun. And in many cases, inside of the study, they were saying for many of them, had they not had a gun available to them, they probably would not have killed. But because of the fact a gun was available, mm-hmm. it made it easier for them to kill. Another part of that study talked about the ones who said that would be the only mode. of of death that they would have preferred was killing because they could not bear stabbing to death, of of, of, of bludgeoning them to death. And Mm so in this case here, when someone is at that level of rage, that level of rage where they will then totally disregard the fact that the other people in that building, then you know you're dealing with the person who's on mm-hmm. the whole other end of it. And These are the ones here that are least likely to be afraid of a restraining order. Right. Yeah, you know, we have to know the person who we're dealing with. These are the type that right. are least likely afraid of a restraining order. These are the type that are least likely to run because you said I'm going to call the police. Mm-hmm. These are the type that are bent on, on really uh taking the victim out. And think about it, we're talking about people that are twenty five and twenty four years old. Very how much young, life have they really lived? Very young. Right. And we right. can only think about how that community must be totally, you know, on its seal right now because of the fact of what occurred today in that city. And we continue to see these type things happening across America and then we've been addressing this subject for so long in the same way and that's why you know we do the show we really are looking for unconventional ways unconventional thoughts stepping outside of the box understanding that each of us can do something to raise awareness you know a lot of times i think about people who work in the school system and work with children do they always know the psychological background of what these children have experienced you know what has happened to the kid there who has lost his mother or lost his father or lost both parents. Excuse me, as you said, due right. to the domestic violence. The fact that this kid's life will never be the same. At six years old, everything that That's this right. kid has known about life has changed forever. No mother I to mean, be there. No, no uh, father, because one lucky like he's going to be locked up for the rest of life if he didn't kill himself. And then the fact of trying to understand the whys. Why it happened. And so that that's a powerful very powerful story. Did not know about that one. It hadn't come across um, my alert as of right now, but it just means that I need to look a mm-hmm. little further because the fact these things are happening and this is something that um, I think we need to take very close attention to because in fact a lot of us we never we just simply never know. We could be in a doctor's office, we could be Job is one of the things we talk about with the best and comes to work. People think about it, but it comes to work. It shows up on your job. There's one of the
0: reasons
1: why yep. training to places of a, you know, places and organizations, because when people don't tell you and there's never a report what's going on, this is what happens. Because people have gotten accustomed to seeing your significant other to the job. Remember, you got pictures there on the desk. Of your happier times, there's nothing there. So security is is even less likely to stop them when they come up to the job. No one knows that you've had a falling out. No one knows that. What happens? That individual comes, and oftentimes that is when we see the type of situation that we have seen happen all over this country. That's when domestic violence comes to work and people end up uh, killed right there. I and mean, it's a sad tra- travesty, very sad travesty, and we have to do all we can to make a difference. Well, and you know, the thing about
0: it is, uh, a lot of times when we talk about domestic violence, Jay, we, we talk about it from closed door perspective, you know, behind the door and, and in the home, and and it's easy for us and and you know, as people to kind of like uh, uh, out of sight, out of mind, you know. But when it when it runs into your Community when it runs into your 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 space that you have when it comes into your life it 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 brings it to to uh to I mean right to your front door in in Seattle on the 12th uh, uh, which is actually uh, yesterday um, a a a woman was going home uh, to her apartment complex and um and some her boyfriend waited on her outside and when she got there. He grabbed her roughly, and people were standing around, Jay. There were some uh, neighbors out. There there were uh, a, a, a close friend of hers with her. He got into mm-hmm. an argument with her and kind of treated her roughly. And when a neighbor shouted out to him, I'm going to call 911, he doused the his girlfriend with a unknown fluid which smelled like gasoline and set her afire. Wow. And you you know you think about I've always looked at it as a, as one of those kind of domestic violence things what we we see after the fact you know but it can very well show up at your doorstep you can be minding your own business in a convenience Absolutely. store you can be in a restaurant and see something happen and the the question uh, that 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 uh, was posed. Uh, to me, by a friend of mine, when I when I we talked about this particular one was, what would you do, Tony? You know, wh- when would you decide to get involved? And, and that's something I think Jay and I and I'm 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 not gonna take too much uh, more of your time, but that's something I would like our guests to consider. You know, I I now play it in my mind. I now wonder when I was at a restaurant if I'm at a restaurant and I see something happen. What's my plan of action? You know, Jay, we put together a plan of actions for fire, for, uh, for, for for that sort of thing. Well, domestic violence can run into into your world without you knowing it. I was uh, one more quick story. I was at a, a, a restaurant about five or six years ago, and uh, I saw a guy jump up, and the woman slapped him. He pushed her, and for a, a couple of minutes everybody sort of just kind of put their head down, didn't want to get involved. And the rougher he got with her, I noticed some of the men we were looking sort of starting to put our forks down, and and he got a little more involved with her, and then we eventually got up to to restrain him. But, you know, you think about it. At what point? How long? You know, what, what happens? When do we get involved? And in this case... As soon as the woman said she was going to die now when he set her on fire. Absolutely. So I don't mean to be morbid about it, but, Jay, the truth is the truth. It doesn't just happen behind closed doors. It can run into your doctor's appointment. It can step into your apartment front door. It can run into your um, uh, uh, shopping mall. It doesn't care. Domestic violence does not care where it goes, Jay.
1: And not only that, Jay. You- for some very important points because this is the thing that is so important, too, that it doesn't stay at home always. And you don't know when you may be pulled inside of the situation when it happens. Mm-hmm. Here's some things that pastors don't like to hear. Domestic violence comes to church. There have been mm-hmm. several cases across this country, and even most recently here, where uh, a perpetrator have come to the church have shot and killed the victim, and in many cases not only shot and killed the victim, but have shot and killed other people that was in the church, not because they were trying to, but because they was in such a blind rage that they mm. began to shoot. And when I talk wow. to pastors about the fact of why they ought to talk about domestic violence on the pulpit, why it ought to be something that you bring up, because it could be the difference between a mm-hmm. parishioner coming forth and saying, listen, I'm in this type of situation. He has threatened me time and time again. Uh, and, and consider the fact of just making them aware, of uh, someone in the church aware of the fact that they're in danger. Because mm-hmm. It happens. We saw a situation here happen down in Lakeland, Florida, here a few years ago, where the gentleman came, well, the abuser came to the church doing prayer meeting. Shot both the assistant pastor and the pastor. Now, both of them lived. But that was after he shot and killed his wife at home and then came to the church. Wow. He was angry. He was a disgruntled. He used to be a former member of that church. That's what's happened. We see it happening more and more and more. And we have to think about it. When folks say it's not their business, sure it is. I think you pose a real good question. When do we act? When do we get involved? At what point do we wait till? Do we wait till we see a weapon? Mm-hmm. Do we wait until uh you know he strikes her? Do we wait until uh you know they the person get doused with gasoline? Mm-hmm. when do we when do we react? When do we do something about it? Oh yeah, because that's a real question there, and no one wants to take that type of responsibility. You know, uh, uh, just here in, in uh, South Florida, here the other year, where the gunman came to the, his wife's school, a felon. She taught at a um, she taught at a daycare center. Could you imagine that? He mm, comes wow. to a place of employment and shoots and kills her there.
2: The wow. traumatization
1: of those kids, trying to explain to them, what? trying to explain to them that that she's dead. I mean, just trying to explaining that to small children that your teacher is not going to be back anymore. And for those that actually saw her die or get killed, Mm. this is not anything easy to talk about. And yet it's still, we find reasons to talk about everything, but we never think about how do we deal with this? It's never an easy thing, but how do we deal with it? You know, turn our, our heads away from it. I continue to act like it doesn't occur because it does occur. It's, and it, and it goes far, it goes wide, it goes deep, it happens in every aspect of life, and we got to be very serious about how we handle this going forth. And uh, that's a powerful, powerful that you shared that. I just brought it, it just came across my desk with the, with the story in Jemison, and that's sad because this gentleman here, he was a former Marine. Mm. He was a former U.S. Marine. Uh, uh, he was taken to uh, US, UAB Hospital, where he remained up under police guard. And they said that his family members say he was wounded during the takedown, but law enforcement officials said Price shot himself in the head and is he survived. survive. And how many times have we seen that happen, where in all actuality it is the desire of the perpetrator to kill the victim and then kill himself. So he wants to have a homicide, suicide, but he succeeds right. in killing the victim. But does mm. not succeed in killing himself. Exactly. And that those are exactly. things to talk about. What is the aftermath of that? How do we deal with that? We've seen those type of things play. Out. And a sad, sad case there. And, and you know, as you talked about that, there are so many things that are going on here. Uh, listen, I'm looking at one here in front of me now. Sacramento, California, man accused of murdering his girlfriend in front of their one year old daughter in San Jose, California. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, he had been on the run from the police hmm. until last Saturday evening. And, uh, and someone at the hospital there in Monterey Peninsula recognized a 25 year old. Once again, look at the age. Look at the age range of, of, of wow, these couples so and, and things. Uh, you know, he, they recognized him from the news, and the police said officers located there uh, at the hospital could. Confirmed with San Jose uh, Police Department that the suspect they have been looking for, and uh, and it goes on from there. Uh, they picked him up and everything, and uh, you know he will stand trial. But think about that: uh, here's a baby will never know its mother exactly. killed in front of a one year old. And so these things are really uh, they're sad. They're sad. They're they're, they're 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 very much of a travesty. Uh, we see it happening more and more inside of people's life, and. You know, and it's happening, you know, um, and we have to raise, uh, we have to raise, our, we have to raise our voice and we have to raise the level of prevention that we're talking about inside of this because, of the fact, it continues to happen. And I'm looking here uh, on the domestic violence crime watch as I'm seeing, looking, I mean, case after case after case after mm. case, continue to see it happening all over. You know, uh,
2: yeah.
0: uh,
1: they, they're yeah. talking about kids' yeah. count, the number of kids that continue to witness domestic violence and how it's impacting them more and more. These are things that we cannot turn our heads uh anymore. You know, the month of uh, April right. is Child Abuse Awareness Month, and I'm telling you these things are happening more and more and more. And, uh, and I'm looking at the situation happening yesterday. Uh, in Texas, authorities released more details than what they say was the apparent stabbing of a 52-year-old woman who's – uh, fiance was found uh, nearby, splashed with blood Wednesday night at a home in Fort Bend County. Mm. And this particular woman, uh, uh, wow, mm. wow, she was stabbed to death. Uh, uh, um, and uh, of course, they found the fiance with, with uh, of course, blood stain that was splashed on him, as if nobody would know. And this is um, mm. this is sad. we we have travesties happening, but we have to continue to raise the banner. Because of the fact, if we don't, then who will? And uh, that's why it's there. And we tell anyone, if you're in an abusive situation, let's call 911. If you, uh, if it's not an emergency in that sense, but you definitely want information. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-7233. That is how you can find the help that you need. And uh, we definitely uh, invite your calls. And if you have a question or comment, please hit number one on your keypad here. We're going to wrap up in about ten minutes. But we invite your comments and your questions tonight because these are situations that continue to happen. We're dealing even now with the aftermath of um, children who are now being raised by their grandparents or their aunts or their uncles because their mothers were murdered or both parents were taken out. And being the travesty that have happened with children who find themselves now being raised by, quote, unquote, the paternal grandparents or the paternal aunts and uncles, children feeling awkward, not knowing how to even react to them because of the fact they feel the sense of, of betrayal and injury and loss. These are the conversations that we are very very, uh, we very we seldom have. And then we don't consider the amount of abuse that even occurs, not only that way, not just the travesty of death, but the, o- the ongoing abuse that continues to go on to impact people's lives. The number of people that are suffering from physical, mental disabilities that are abused every day. Oftentimes that goes unnoticed because people don't pay much attention. And being there is this sense of who would dare do that to someone who may be mentally or physically uh, disabled and you'll be amazed of the ones that do, because they are the ones that are least likely able to report it. They're least likely Mm. able to report it. And so it's happening, people are getting by with it, and it's a travesty of our time, and that's why we have to become the voice for the voiceless, we have to become the hope for the hopeless, and we have to understand that there are some things that we can continue to do. We have to sound the trumpet. And I'll say this, you know, I didn't say this earlier, just the other day. Uh, it had to be Friday evening, and uh, I was actually on the call with an uh, individual from Selma at the time, and I get a call that comes through. I answered the call. I switched over to answer the call. I did not get a hello. I didn't get anything. What I heard on the other end was screaming. And the screaming was from mm-hmm. a young lady that said that. My mama told me to call this number, call your thing. My boyfriend's behind me right now. I just called the police. Help. Police on him. Everything. He just got through beating on me and and, and jumping on me. And this person was uh, mm-hmm. just totally... Er- I mean, ecstatic. And the fact that she had called the police, I was happy about that. And, and I, you know, I found out where she was and things, and she talked about the fact how uh, she ended up getting out of his car on the interstate. He acted like he was going to hit her. And thing had followed her all the way. She went inside the bank to try to use their phone because her phone was just about dead and everything, and he followed her even there. Once wow. Once again, inside of a public place. She left the bank and then went there by uh, the outlet mall, and then it became even more scary, and that's when she called me, because all of a sudden, she didn't know where he was. Oh, wow. And so when people say, well, why don't they leave? Because many times victims in their mind, said, look, if I leave him, I won't know how to calculate where he is. I won't know where mm-hmm. he is. Therefore, I don't know how to protect myself. And so they choose on the other side and say, I'd rather stay and know his whereabouts and his predictability than to be caught with the element of surprise. Right. Now, so for some, they may say, well, that doesn't make sense. But it makes plenty of sense in the mind of those that have lived in that type of situation. So we see it happening. It happened just like I said the other day. I was at a program where I was a keynote speaker at on Saturday night. There, at a candlelight vigil uh, just a little south mm-hmm. of me. And uh, we commemorated the uh, the death of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., as well as many people who have died violent deaths. And while I was there on the podium, while I was there on the roster before I even spoke, there was another pastor who I had never met before, but told me that he had heard a lot about me. And as we sat down and we were on the roster between a very great program, he says to me, he says, "Um, give me one of your cards. He said, remind me. He said, I'm going to give you a call. I want to share with you about one of the symposium trainings that you did last year in August. I said, yeah, I sure did. He says, well, it was because of your symposium training. Training that one of my deacons were no longer able to hide behind domestic violence. I don't know who from his church attended the training. I don't know. But what I do know is that he is saying because of that bit of empowerment, it caused them to no longer allow this deacon to hide behind domestic violence. And I say that because the importance of education is so It is so vital in addressing this situation, because the fact is everywhere. There's no exempted area. You, I don't care where you go, whether it's Napa Valley, whether it's Beverly Hills, you will find this issue existing. So we have to be on it and raise the awareness so that we can uh, save a life and save a family, and that's what's so important. And, and Tony, I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that, because the fact uh, that that really hit home. That really hit home inside of that, and you start thinking about where is it? do we know what is safe you know, and uh, many women, and we need to understand workplace violence is the number one cause of women death uh women are ranked number one in the workplace for being killed mm. so that that's uh you know that is not meant to scare them, but definitely get them to understand that this is a real issue here, and that uh, you know. That person who refuses to be that voice of reason, or at least that uh, for someone today, you never know how that may come back to to fall right in your lap. So that is the case inside of that. But uh, we're going to get ready to get out of here. I thank you all so very much there, Tony. I don't know if you had any uh, closing comments there, but I know that there's much that has to continue to be done as we sound this alarm about this issue of domestic violence.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say thank you for, for the uh for allowing me to 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 uh to talk about it and uh, put it out there and uh and uh, i also wanted to just quickly say that uh it's growing among our our youth it's growing among our teens i was reading something where our teens are becoming much more uh much more exposed to domestic violence boyfriend girlfriend and and a lot of our society's uh, elements are pushing them toward that. Some of the music that you hear outright uh, suggests uh, that uh, that Absolutely. there should be domestic violence, and so there, there's the mindset of the youth are a bit different than when we came along. So watch your children too. Ask questions. You know, we we talk about it from a an adult to you know perspective, but there are young adults, children. Uh, teenagers that uh, have boyfriends that are abusing them and they are afraid to tell their parents. So ask questions, uh, uh, stay alert, and don't be afraid to, uh, to, to to get authorities involved, even if you suspect it. Get the authorities involved and let them tell you it's not. Uh, better safe than sorry. I, I love the forum, Jay. I love the show. Keep doing what you're doing, brother, and we're going to do this one day at a
1: time. Absolutely, and I really appreciate every one of your comments and bring that story. And as you highlighted, the fact among our teenagers, it is very much a wide open group that teenagers are experiencing domestic violence at nearly the same rate as adults are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it shouldn't be. And a lot of mm-hmm. our young, uh, uh, a lot of our young people are really dealing with this, and they're scared. They're scared. Mm-hmm. They're being silent about it because they don't know uh what to do and what to expect, but we have to understand that's why we have to have a listening eye as parents. We have to have a listening eye to what's going on we do right we can no longer we cannot at the same time to be the parents that are looking away because our kids are experiencing things like we could never even have imagined they're being exposed to things and you brought up a very important point. The music of our day and we continue to say it's up under the freedom of, of expression act and all that free speech. But let me tell you something, it is destructive. It is destructive. When we look back at our day and time, uh the artists of our day, when they begin to talk about what was happening, it's interesting. They told a story, they painted a picture, but the picture but the song always ended with some type of inspiration or hope.
2: Mm-hmm. Today's
1: artists continue to say, we just keeping it real. And my question right. is, really, what real are you keeping it? Is, it? is it the reality that you're now painting? Is it the reality that you're now suggesting? Because, the fact, in our day and time, in our most oppressed time, it was people like James Brown who penned, I'm black say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud.
2: Hmm. In our
1: day and time, when things were going on crazy, it was Marvin Gaye who asked the question, what's going on? My day in time when things were going haywire and when there need to be a wake up call to the world, it, uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes who, who told us to wake up everybody that the world can't get any better <laughs> if we if, if, if we just let it be. It was a call wow. to action. We right. have a different tone this time in this in this generation. It is the degradation of our women. It is the freely using terms like holes and bees. It's to freely losing in terms of the word, the N-word, to continue to degradate us and continue to put us down and continue to perpetrate the very same things. Why? We're perpetrating the very thing that we're now mad at the police about. No, the police shouldn't be shooting us down. But we act like we're thugs and we portray that image, and guess what? They begin to internalize, that's who we are. That's who we are. I don't know if you saw it here. It was it hit the news and it went viral on Facebook and that thing the other day. What else <coughs> There was a car full of young boys, and these kids was anywhere from 12 to 15, yep. 16. All of them riding around in the car with handguns, and got the gun all up to the head and these type things. Why is it that children that age are even glorifying this type of life?
2: Right, right.
1: The fear factor. I got a gun that makes me a man. Mm-hmm. Not understanding, really, the severity of that God can end someone's life, not to mention their own. So there's a different narrative that is out there. And think about it. You know, I'm not trying to be on the holy and thou soapbox, but I have to admit that when we look at the things that are happening, Tony, when we look at the things that are happening, when we look at the fact of even things that has been reduced to nothing, our young women have been sold out to the point And this is what is sad to me. We once upon a time had artists and women singers that were classy. They were ladies. They still conveyed beautiful music. But now we live in a day and time that skin is in (laughs) and nudity sells. Everything is about twerking. Everything is about Mm -hmm. gyration. Everything is about sliding. Everything is about those things there. So our young girls, young girls, and I see it happening, before they can even get eight years old, they've learned how to twerk. They've learned how to jowry. They've learned all the sexuality moves. And now we have young girls now who, they love it. I mean, you've got boys, you've got little kids. I mean, 11 years old who's running around talking about making rain and making it rain with the little girls. Mm-hmm and people don't think that has a bearing on the way that they see each other, that type of control, because what it says is that you can be bought. Be Definitely. bought. And so you're sold out very early on. And so we have a lot of work to do, and I want to remind everyone that's listening, you can go to either one of our our Facebook sites there, uh, their domestic violence, it is your business. You can find a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Thank you so much, N.D., for making that happen. Um, you know, uh, it is there. You can find um, much of the statistics we're talking about with teen dating violence. And, uh, you know, uh, you can find uh, not only the teen dating violence site, but you can find um, those statistics, but you can find statistics there. Make sure you visit our uh, Destiny by Choice 2 uh, website as well, but you're going to find it all there where it talks about how domestic violence hurt everyone. And we put it there, points uh, there for you to look at and to gather. Someone is listening right now, and perhaps you're not listening live, and perhaps you're coming back to listen on the podcast. There's some information here for you. Because, listen, the world cannot get any better if you and I just let it be. But it's going to require us to stand up, to speak out, and become agents of change because of the fact we have to, We have to change for our boys and our girls. We have to change for our future because this is serious. It is real. And until we recognize and begin to take a a hold of this, we will not see what we need to see in order to make the difference in this life that we need to. And that's that's just truth. We have to make it happen. We have to be a part of the agents of change. And that's what this is about every Monday night when we're on this air. It's about us being agents of change. And I want to invite you, tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Mark it on your calendar. Uh, April 18th here in the beautiful uh, South Florida area in, at the Double Tree Hilton there in Palm Beach Gardens from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be the style and grace. It's going to be an empowerment luncheon. It's going to talk about the art of letting it go. And I will be one of the speakers there along with some other tremendous dynamic individuals. We're going to deal with the issue of, of forgiveness, and we're going to get there. And we're going to make it happen. And we're going to do those things to bring forth healing in our neighborhoods, to bring forth healing in our communities. We're going to talk about finding the strength to heal. We're going to talk about going from pain to power. Because unforgiveness will keep you bound, and you'll remain in pain. But, boy, when you get to the place of forgiving, then guess what? You go from pain to power. And until next time, this is J.R. Ficklin. And I'm so glad to have with us right now the president and CEO of the Solo America Radio Network, Mr. Tony Stallings. And we are encouraging you to stay tuned to this network. And we wish you a great night. Remember, there is no excuse for abuse. God bless you and good night. I, doubt, hurt and
3: I can't pray left to do come on. truth is I'm weak. no strength to fight no tears to cry even if I try but